Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. For more information about Adventure Church, please visit our website at adventurechurch.tv. Now prepare your hearts for a message from God's Word. Welcome to Adventure Church. Merry Christmas to everyone here. We are excited and honored that you have chosen to worship with us tonight. There's a lot of great churches in our area, and we really are excited that you are here on this Christmas Eve. I promise to be short today. Can I get an amen? Because you got your kids in here with you. We do this on purpose once so your kids can get an experience and see what it's like to be an adult church because sometime they're going to be there. And two, it gives you a great appreciation for all of our volunteers and what they do every Sunday back in KidVenture. But if any time, we do have a child care available for zero from birth to two-year-old. So if there's any point you do need to take them back, we do have that available. Well, it is Christmas. And today, uh, as I was praying and preparing for this message, I really felt God kept saying to me, Emmanuel, God with us. And I've titled my message that today, and there's a familiar passage in Matthew chapter 1 that is very uh, familiar this time of year around Christmas time because it's the story of Jesus' birth. And we pick up in Matthew chapter 1 verses 18 through 23, and it says, this is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid and to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from his sins. The Hebrew for Jesus is Yeshua, which actually means the Lord is salvation. Verse 22, it says, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And Matthew was referencing the prophet Isaiah. And in chapter 7, verse 14, he again said, as he prophesied to King Ahaz, when Israel was in a dark time, there was little hope. He says, there is a promise that is coming, and the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So before Matthew was ever written, before it ever happened, the, the prophet foretold of Christmas. He foretold of Jesus who was going to come to save the world. So Jesus, as described here, was born of a mortal woman, which made him completely human. Completely human. He was fully man, and also because he was born of the Holy Spirit, which made him completely God. So Jesus, the Son of God, God took on flesh and literally became God with us. And for the first time since the garden and since sin entered the picture, God was able to physically touch his creation again. We sing a song in worship, quite frankly, that says, the song is called Love Came Down. And it says, love came down and rescued me. That love came down and set us free. That Jesus, that God so loved us that he was willing to take on flesh to leave heaven and to become a man, to live a life, a sinless life, to become the savior of all mankind. Then Isaiah goes on in chapter nine and begins to describe the characteristics of this child. 
And in verse 6 through 7, he says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. It says his government is, and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all of eternity. So as we think about Emmanuel, as we think about God with us, what does that mean to us today? What does that mean to us over 2,000 years later here on December 24th, 2014? What does God with us mean? And so today we're going to break down the characteristics that Isaiah describes that this child would be like, that the Son of God would be for you and me. The first thing is this, is that he describes him as being sovereign. That's where he said that the, the government will rest upon his shoulders. What does sovereign mean? Sovereign simply means it's possessing supreme power, ultimate power, that God has total control, that he rules over everything. I don't know about you, but when I watch the news, I get depressed. Anybody else get a little bit stressed with the things that are going on in our world? It can be uh, consuming sometimes. It can be overwhelming sometimes and when we think about this world and and the political things and the leadership and ISIS and and all these things that are constantly going on there's constant tension there's there's constant conflict in our world today you can rest assured in the God who came to be with you who came to be with me that he says that he is sovereign that no matter what happens around you, no matter what circumstances may be going on in our world, that no matter what, God rules over all. It'd be a good spot for an amen. Don't get quiet on me because it's Christmas. In Daniel chapter 4, verses 25, and then in 32, it describes God and and, and the prophet, and Daniel's interpreting a dream that was given to a king at that time, and, and it said that, that God is the most high, the most high God is sovereign over the kingdoms of men, and he gives them to anyone he wishes. God is in control. He's in control of leadership. When we sing the song, Joy to the World Today, and it says that he rules the world, that Jesus, the Son of God, Emmanuel, rules the world with grace in truth. And Jess and I were trying to sell our house when we were in Springfield, Missouri. The market was awful. We had only owned it for a little less than two years. We knew we were going to take a hit and we were prepared to do that. But as I was, we were waiting for the house to sell so we could move and, and move forward in what God was calling us to do. And, and, and we were waiting for that. And, and I don't know about you, but I kind of like to control things. I'm very type A in my personality, and I like to control things. And I was talking to a mentor, and I said, you know, out of all the things going on with this transition, all the things God is asking us to do, you know, my house selling, no matter how hard I try, it's just simply out of my control. There's nothing that I can do. And he, he just very quickly said to me, and it just hit me right between the eyes, he said, Kyle, you never had control. You've never had control. He said, but you can rest assured in the one who does have control, and God will sell your house. And five days before we needed to sell it, our, our timeline was running out, our household. God is in control. 
Because Jesus, Emmanuel, came to be with us, he made us right with God. He closed the gap. He tore the veil so that we could have relationship with him. And when we put our faith in him, we can rest assured that no matter what's going on around us, God is always in control. That's what it means. It's what Christmas is about, that love came down. He says that he is sovereign, that the government rests upon his shoulders, that he is in control of everything going on around us, that also describes him as the wonderful counselor, the wonderful counselor, someone who listens to us, someone who can give us great advice. In Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, it says, so then, since we have a great high priest, Jesus, who entered heaven, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. You see, this high priest, he understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings that we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly before the throne of our gracious God, and there we will receive mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. How many of you are thankful that that's the type of God that we serve, that welcomes us in, that he's a wonderful counselor, that when we get overwhelmed by the cares of this world, when we're tested with temptation, when we're struggling through a difficult situation, he says you can approach him with boldness. You don't have to be afraid to come into his presence. You don't have to be afraid to come into church any longer. And it wasn't always like that, you see. In the Old Testament, you couldn't approach God unless you had been anointed and picked out and decided that God would let you do that. Only certain people could enter into his presence. But because Emmanuel, because Jesus came to be with us at any point in time, no matter how you feel, you can enter in and meet with God. And it says he's a wonderful counselor. Paul says we can approach him with boldness. His door is always open to us. When we talk, he listens to us and he understands us and he doesn't condemn us and he only responds to you and to me with mercy and grace and love and forgiveness. I was working out at the gym the other day. Yes, I do do that. And for once, I was actually on a treadmill. I don't do that very often. And I was on there, and they have the screens up there, and you can plug in and listen to it. And I wasn't listening to it, but it caught my eye, Dr. Phil. Anybody watch Dr. Phil? We'll pray for you after service, okay? Uh, But Dr. Phil was on, and he was talking with this teenager, and I just kept seeing this teenager's face, and it just had disgust on it rebellion. And I couldn't hear what Dr. Phil was saying to her, but I could hear in the back of my mind his Texas accent condemning her and probably shaming her and telling her to get things straight. And as much as she didn't want to listen to Dr. Phil, there are a lot of people who do listen to Dr. Phil, who read his books, who watch his program on TV. Maybe it's not him, maybe it's Oprah, maybe it's some other kind of public figure, but there are people that we go to for counsel that we go to for advice and, and we want to know what's going on. And I think sometimes we can forget that Jesus, because he came to be with us, we have instant access to the wonderful counselor, the best advice you could ever get. And he will listen to you. He says he will take your burdens from you and he will lead you in the direction of truth for your life according to his plan for you. It's an awesome God that Jesus decided to come with us, to be with us so that we could have a counselor, that when we needed him, he would be there. And I'm not against you seeking counsel from other people. The Proverbs tells us there's wisdom in doing that. You need to talk to people you trust. 
that can speak into your life and help give you direction, but the Holy Spirit is the only one who can give you advice from the wonderful counselor who can lead you towards God's plan for your life. And the beautiful thing is, is it won't cost you a dime. His door's always open. His couch is always ready for you to lay back on and let the cares of this world go. He's the wonderful counselor. And we need to make prayer. We need to make seeking God our first priority instead of oftentimes our last resort. He's the wonderful counselor. Goes on to describe him. The prophet Isaiah says the government will reign. He will carry the government upon his shoulders, that he will reign. He is sovereign. It says that he is the wonderful counselor. And then it says that he is the mighty God. Mighty God, which means he's big enough, he's powerful enough to supply anything we need in any given moment. In Luke 18, 27, Jesus said this himself. He says, what is impossible for people is always possible with God. Nothing is impossible. You know what nothing means in the Greek? Nothing. It means nothing. You may go, well, wait a second, Kyle. What about cancer? And, and, no, nothing is impossible. Now, we don't always get God to answer sometimes the way that we want, but we can have faith that through him and because Jesus came and he left us his Holy Spirit to empower us, that because of that moment that Emmanuel came with us, that nothing is impossible. Impossible should be erased from our vocabulary when it comes to the situations of life because life is full of difficult things. It's full of challenges but none of them are bigger than the mighty God that you and I get to serve. You may go, well, it's impossible. No, it's not impossible. You may go, Kyle, I'm just tired. It's been a, it's been a rough year for me. 2014 has been one I would just like to forget, and, and I'm tired. And in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, Jesus says that, that we can come to him, the mighty God, and he will give us rest, and he will take our burdens from us. The mighty God desires to take upon that weight that we carry because he is strong enough to carry it for you. And you may go, but Kyle, I can't go on any longer. I just don't know if I can make it. And 2 Corinthians 12, 19 says that his grace is sufficient for you, that his mercies are new every morning. And you may not be able to do it in your strength, but you can do it in God's strength because he is the mighty God. God, Emmanuel, came to be with us. You go, well, I can't do it. This is great. It's encouraging, but I just don't think I can do it. And Philippians 4.13 says that you can do all things through Christ who gives you the strength and that his power, his strength, the mighty God's strength is made perfect in your weakness. That the areas you're weak, that you can't do it, it says that he comes and brings you strength because Emmanuel, God came to be with us. We can rely on a mighty God. We serve a mighty God. Isaiah goes on after he says he's a mighty God. He says he's the everlasting father. And I love that he chose the word father there. That God is our father. That he cares for us like a father would for his child. And it says that he has always been and he always will be. Revelation 1.8 says that he is the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning from the end, says the Lord. I am the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, the Almighty One. He's the beginning. He's the end. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows your story 
from the beginning to the end. And right now, you're in the middle of your story. Maybe you're towards the end of your story, or maybe you're just in the beginning. But he knows every chapter along the way, that he's everlasting God, and he will always be with you, and he is a good father to his children. Moses had just died, and Joshua was commissioned to take over, leading God's people into an unknown territory. And this is the assurance that God gives him in Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. He says, be strong and courageous, Joshua. I can't imagine the fear that he had. Millions of people now relying on him. Not only that, he was following one of the greatest leaders of all time in Moses, who parted the the Red Sea, who did all these miraculous things. And now Moses is gone, and they're relying on Joshua. And God says, you need to be strong, and you need to be courageous, well, how can he do that? He says, don't be afraid. Don't be terrified because of them. For the Lord, your God, will go with you. He will never leave you, though he may, and he will never forsake you. The promise of everlasting father is this, is that he is the beginning from the end, and that his promise to you is, is that for your entire life and for all eternity, his presence will never, ever leave you. Because Emmanuel, God, came to be with us. And maybe this Christmas and this upcoming new year, you have some unknowns, just like Joshua, going into unknown territory, uncharted land, and you don't know what's going to happen. The, the health report isn't good. The marriage is still up in the air. You don't know the kids and, and the financial situations. There's a lot of unknowns that you may be facing, but there is one big known that you do have, that wherever you go, God is with you, that no matter how you feel, He will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And because of that, no matter what you face, you don't have to face it with fear. You can face it with faith and belief that the God who is mighty, that the God who is the everlasting Father, no matter what storm you go through, will be walking with you. Then we close with this characteristic after he says the government will rest upon his shoulders. He's sovereign that he's the wonderful counselor. He's the mighty God who is strong and powerful. He's everlasting. He will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And then lastly, describes him as the prince of peace. The prince of peace. Philippians chapter four, verses four through seven. Paul says this, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all The Lord is near. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, which goes beyond the capabilities of your mind to even grasp, will guard your hearts, will guard your minds in Christ Jesus i faced some difficult situations in my life. And it's in those moments, if you do what Paul is saying here, he says, don't, don't get anxious about it, don't, don't worry too much about it, but instead of, of investing your energy and your emotional self into that thing, into the worry and into the anxiety, he says, instead, don't do that, he says, take it to God. The wonderful counselor, again, this is all laid out. He's the one who's strength, he's the one who has everlasting. It says, bring that to him. And when you do that, when you take that step of faith in the midst of that trial, in the midst of that difficulty, and you bring it to the wonderful counselor, it says that he embraces you, and he will give you peace that can transcend 
all understanding. What that means is, is that people will see the storm that you're in, and if you respond with faith and not fear, they will go, I have no clue how you can have the strength that you do. And I've had that in my life. When our daughter faced open heart surgery at five weeks old, people go, I don't know how you'd go through that. I said, I don't know either. But I do know this, that the Prince of Peace, he gave me peace. And it transcended everything I could ever think of. And it'll transcend your understanding. And that same Prince of Peace that gave peace to me in that trying time is the same Prince of Peace that will give you peace today. Paul says you don't have to worry. Instead, draw near to God. And when you do, he will draw near to you. Because he is Emmanuel, he is God with us, and you will sense his presence, and you will feel it when you sense that you're all alone. If you draw into God, you'll sense his presence, and he will bring peace to you, and he will guard your heart and mind. Because of Christ, we can have not only the peace from God, but we can have peace with God. What does that mean is that we're now at peace with God. Before there was conflict, there was tension, this thing called sin. But Jesus came and paid the price for our sin. He removed it. And because of that, we have salvation and we have forgiveness with God. And we can have the peace with God and the peace from God. And the peace from God or the peace of God is the peace that will comfort you no matter what you face. But the thing we have to remember is this, is that peace isn't the absence of conflict. A lot of people think that. Why would God let me go through this? Why would God allow this to happen? We live in a fallen world where people have the right to choose whatever they want and unfortunately we suffer the consequences of of others' decisions and maybe our own decisions sometimes and we go through difficult things because peace never was meant to be the absence of conflict but what it was meant to be was that it was the presence of God no matter the conflict. It's not the absence of conflict, it's the presence of God regardless of the conflict you go through. Riley will go through spurts where she has a bad dream. And lately, it used to be monsters were in her dreams. Now it's bad guys. I don't know who they are. I've been trying to find them and and get them out of there because those bad guys are causing a little sleep deprivation for me. But when she gets scared, she comes in my room and she wakes me up and she'll go, Daddy, I had a bad dream. The bad guys were, were in my dream again. And I don't even have to say anything. All I do is I hold out my arm. Our bed's kinda high. And I hold it out like this. She grabs onto it. She climbs up into my bed. She lays on my pillow. Try to get her to lay on mom's. I said, baby, why do you have to lay on my pillow? She goes, because I love you, daddy. I said, okay. (laughs) You can lay on my pillow then. So she lays on my pillow and I scoot over. I don't say anything. I don't do anything. But just because she's in the presence of her father, who she knows loves her and will care for her, she falls asleep right right, away. goes right back to sleep. I give her about 10, 15 minutes, pick her up, I take her right back into her room. She never even knows it happens. She didn't need anything other than the presence of her father. And just in my presence, her fears were calmed and it brought her peace. And today, no matter what you're facing, if you draw close to your father, if you get in his presence, the Bible says that the prince of peace will calm any fear if we allow him to do it. You go, well, this is great, Kyle. Emmanuel, God with us. He came, but look, that was 2,000 years ago. Jesus is gone now. He's not here anymore. He's not physically here. But let's look at what Jesus said before he left to encourage his disciples, to encourage the ones who were fearful of his departure, who didn't know what was going on when he went to the grave and rose again. And he, he says this to them in John chapter four. He says, if you love me, You will obey my commandments. And he said, and I will ask the Father, 
and he will give you another advocate. Advocate there in the Greek is actually means paraclete, which also can mean comforter, can mean encourager and counselor. He says, yes, I am leaving, but when I leave, I will send you the advocate, the Holy Spirit, the wonderful counselor, the Prince of Peace, and he will never, ever leave you, and he will lead you into all truth. In Matthew 28, right before Jesus ascends and leaves this world, the last thing he says to his disciples is this, in 28 verse 20, and he says, and you can be sure of this thing. This was after he commissioned them. He said, you need to go into all the world sharing my truth, the gospel, the peace of God, this whole thing that I've shared with you over these years that I've ministered with you. He says, now it's your turn. I'm leaving and I'm sending you the Holy Spirit and what you can be sure of is this, is that I am with you always, even to the end of the age. John 14, he describes the power of the Holy Spirit. And he says, in the, in the Holy Spirit, I'm sending that will comfort you, that will lead you, that will guide you in life. He says, you will be able to do even greater things than you did when I was here in your presence with the power of that Holy Spirit. So he didn't just leave us with leftovers. He left us, he said, with something even greater. And today the Holy Spirit is available to you and to me. The band's gonna come as we prepare to close. And as we think of Christmas, and what again, Emmanuel means that God is with us. It was that God looked down, and he saw his creation. And he saw that there was no mortal human being who was capable of rescuing us, you and me. So he decided to do it himself. And a loving God clothed himself in human form. He humbled himself and left heaven and became a servant. He lived a sinless life. And then he went to the cross to pay the price for the sins of all mankind. Emmanuel, God with us. Love came down. It rescued you. It rescued me. Even though Jesus is gone, his presence is here in this room right now. What do you need him to be in this moment? This Christmas this new year. Maybe you need to rest assured in the fact that he is sovereign, that he has total control over this world, over your marriage, over your children, over your career. He's sovereign. Maybe you need him to be the wonderful counselor. You're at a crossroads. You don't know what to do. You need some advice. Don't make prayer your last resort, make it your first priority. The wonderful counselor welcomes you into his presence. And it says, if we will seek him, we'll find him. If we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. He will give us the advice that we need. Maybe you need him to be mighty God. Some unknown things happening in your health, in your family. You don't know what's gonna happen. You need his strength more than ever. The Bible says that he is Jehovah Rapha, the God who can heal, that he's all-powerful, he's all-knowing. Maybe today you just need to know again that the everlasting Father loves you. You're his kid. He looks down at you and he smiles and when you're scared and when you don't know what to do, his presence can calm your fears. Maybe you need him to be the Prince of Peace, 
there's chaos at home, there's conflict, you just need peace. You don't know how to get it. You've been searching for it in other areas and trying to fill that void with something else. But today you need to realize that God is with us because of Christmas, the Christmas story, that God came to be with you. I don't know what you need him to be, but I know he can be anything that you need him to be. That he loves you, he cares for you, he has a plan for you, that he created you, that he knows exactly where you're at in this moment. He knows exactly what you're feeling, he knows exactly what you're going through. And as the band plays this song tonight, I'd ask that you could just stay seated. You can actually turn your attention to the screens. We have a video that goes with us. And in this moment, as we watch that, would you just ask God that? Whatever you need him to be, would you say, God, would you be my strength tonight? God, would you be my peace tonight? And because Emmanuel came to be with you, I believe you can walk out of here with whatever you need God to be. Let's close out with this together.
mind just bowing your head and closing your eyes with me today? And before we dismiss, I want to give you an opportunity. The Bible says that we are all sinners, that no one is righteous, and that we needed a Savior. Again, that's what Christmas is all about, that God so loved the world that he gave the ultimate gift in his son Jesus. And all we have to do is receive and accept his gift of his son. And we do that by confessing with our mouth our need for God, believing in our heart that Jesus is the son of God, that he died for our sins, that he is Emmanuel, that God came to be with us. And when we put our faith in him, the Bible says that he is faithful and just to forgive us of all sins, of all unrighteousness, no matter what you walked in here carrying today, and to give you a new future with him. But we have to confess our need for him and surrender our lives to him. And it's what Christmas is all about. That's why we're here. That's why we started this church just over 15 months ago was to tell people the message of Christmas.